0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Everything Medical Wellness podcast, the podcast that dives deep into the latest topics and trends in the medical fitness industry. I am your host, Ryan Barr, Assistant Vice President with HealthPlex Associates, a national management company that specializes in managing medical fitness centers and a whole lot more. You can check us out at healthplexassociates.com. Don Doyle will not be joining us today. And the reason is we have a very special guest with us um, here at my own club here at Sing River Healthplex in Mississippi. We have Lisa Nondorf. She is a personal trainer here and has been working here for two years now. Might seem like a little longer to some of us, but, you know, that's just Lisa's personality. <laughs> you can laugh. Um, I chose Lisa uh, to join us today just to share her story and tell us a little bit about um her experience with medical wellness. And, uh, and just to hopefully she can really come through in sharing us sharing with us her passion for personal training because it's really been a, a strong part of our success here over the last few years. And um, with the holidays coming up, I thought we would just kind of dive into that and talk about um, maybe a little less of the business of medical wellness and really dive into really why we're all here and what medical wellness is um, in the community and what it means to a community when it's done correctly. So welcome, Lisa. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. So let's just start off with, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself in the fitness industry and working as a personal trainer with Health Flex Associates.
1: So in college, I always wanted to be, I've always been an athlete um, and a pretty high level athlete. And in college, I started off college, my undergrad wanting to do um, like, as a sports psychologist. And so my track was I did my major was in psychology, my minor was in athletic training. So that's how I graduated my four year degree. And then I came to find out that that's not really a like it is a thing, but you're part time in it. So I had to follow suit with all of my psychology. Hmm. So it kind of pulled me away from being in the sports field. So I found that within coaching. So I coached all throughout my whole life, I've been a coach in gymnastics and a high level coach in gymnastics. So I've always stayed in that realm. And then I went the psychology route. Um, So I have those two things that came in handy. And then personal training just kind of merged the two, because you learn a lot that it's a lot of sitting and listening to people and talking to people. And it kind of helps having that psychology background, as well as I also have all the sports and the history and all that good stuff.
0: Right? Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit today. Cause you know, as, um, the director of the club, I, I, get to witness your training and see how your style is and what you do with your trainers and why you're able to get the results you're getting. And, um, it's just a cool story because you know, every trainer is different, of course, mm-hmm. but when you are, um, training folks, it's just very obvious to me what your, what your strengths are and, and your, and your style comes through pretty quickly. And, you know, it was a immediate in my mind. It was an immediate success for you because mm-hmm. it just it just kind of it's natural. It's, yeah, it was so natural for you natural to for do me. that. It was mm-hmm. a, unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. we went from you coming on board here as a new trainer and us teaching you our intake processes and and what we think you need to do um, to build up your clientele and everything. And you kind of took that and just kind of made it your own very very quickly. Yeah. And even rewrote some of our rules as you went. Um, How fast did it get? How how fast did you get a full clientele here?
1: Well, I actually stalled. I probably would have gone faster. Mm -hmm. I started in January of 2022. So January Mm -hmm. of this year will be, well, January of 2024 will be two years. Um, But I worked full time as a coach still. Right. So when I came in here, right. I came in only to be a part-time trainer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I you thought did, so, right? But we, yeah, did, we
0: knew all along that you
1: yeah, were. <laughs> I only did part time. <laughs> I know. I only did part time. Um, I did part time all the way through uh, the summer, but I hit—I would have hit full-time status had I not gone to Europe as a part-time mm-hmm. trainer. Right. So and mm-hmm. that was in I think the first month that I hit full-time status was June. May the or same year. of yeah. the same year. Right. So and then um I left my coaching job full time I came here full time mm-hmm. and then it was I got back from Europe then it was not even a month and a half I was full time status. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which was just phenomenal. I mean yeah. so many good things happened from that. The only bad thing that happened from that was when new members started coming in after you were full we could no longer give you clients. Exactly. And it was a bummer for me because I really enjoyed giving you clients because yeah. as a salesperson it's like somebody comes in to jo- to join and you know, they need something they're in desperate need, whether it's a right. health health issues or just mentally, they need somebody to help them. It was so easy for me to give you the first
1: thing when Logan interviewed me, he said, what are you going to struggle with? And I said, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent, not a salesperson. Yeah, I'm not a salesperson. So mm-hmm. I'm in a struggle building clientele and getting them to understand paying for services. Um, but, actually because we're medical, mm-hmm. it is so easy for me because I feel like everybody that walks in the door needs services. Right. And it's just, you look at a person and it's like, you need help. You need my help. Mm-hmm. We, we can handle, well, you need somebody with you on your journey.
0: Right. Yeah. And that was a, just such an easy thing for me to refer new people mm-hmm. to you. The more that the person needed somebody, the easier it was for me to choose you as their trainer, you know, and Logan, you mentioned Logan, who's the fitness director here at the club. He, uh, that's his job also is to refer new patients or I'm sorry, new, new members or new prospects to mm-hmm. trainers. And we were all kind of bummed when Lisa would stop taking clients yeah. on, even though she will take one for me every once yes, in a while. I will.
1: <laughs> my clients yeah. are understanding, but my yeah. clients also have a hard time because they refer their Mm -hmm. clients or their friends to me. And I tell them all the time, I will try and fit them in, but we have some phenomenal trainers. So it's also like, I trust our staff. We have phenomenal staff here. So it makes it easier.
0: Well, I mean, saying everything that you said there, what, what do you think drives you? Where would you say your passion for personal training comes from now that you've been doing it for this long?
1: It's definitely my passion for fitness and understanding because I'm not young anymore. You know, I'm creeping on 50 and Mm -hmm it looks, I, as an athlete look different. And even as just a human, I look different than I did in my early forties, my thirties and my twenties mm-hmm. and understanding that there's, there's certain things in my fifties and sixties and on that I want and knowing how important it is to not only stay fit and stay in a gym, but eating correctly and doing all those good things just for preventative measures as I get older. So that drives me. And it's yeah. my passion. And I love teaching that to others. Like, yes, you may be able to pick up a, you know, 40 pound bag of dog food today. But in mm-hmm. five years, your dog isn't getting any smaller. And what happens is you're going to have to buy two little bags of dog food, which it will cost you more money, <laughs> instead of just being able to stay picking up that one big bag of dog food.
0: So it's not just health, it's economics. And I yes, it's
1: very much economics. <laughs> I'm saving you money. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you mentioned that, but you are still a engaged and professional athlete, right? Correct. you want to share with the crowd um, what your chosen sport was?
1: So I have actually two sports. Uh, one was a side hobby, and it's become much more of a prevalent sport. But um, I'm primarily an obstacle course racer, so I've raced all across the world. Um, I am holding uh, podium finish at world championships. I'm the national champion for the U S in 20, I think it was 2019 for master's level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty well decorated in that field. I started diving my hand into American, well, we call it American Ninja warrior. I know it as a ninja um, <laughs> back in, I started competing in like five years ago. Um, I've been pretty successful now. I've made uh, finals as a finalist in world mm-hmm. championships for three years. Um, in different series. And so that's been my primary focus this year.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I remember yeah. when I saw <laughs> that on your resume as Ninja Warrior. We're hiring a yeah. Ninja Warrior. There's that's not very awesome.
1: many of us in Mississippi. <laughs> so and we have to drive to Louisiana to train. Too. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's you a can do commitment. it. Yeah,
0: I know. Well, if people would see your backyard, they would understand. Yeah, that. they
1: would understand. Yeah, it looks and like a ninja, 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 ninja Warrior religion. gym.
0: It's a, it's a Ninja Warrior gym. Um, so this is your, your first experience in medical fitness though, right? Correct. Okay, so what would you say that the differences are, and what you experienced so far, and and you know it's a it is a difference, and maybe you didn't ex- and didn't really realize it right away, but as you stayed here longer, what would you say were the obvious differences when it comes to medical fitness versus just tr- traditional?
1: So when I trained before, I trained fairly high level athletes, mm-hmm. um, and I've written programming for elite level athletes. It's completely different, actually. I feel like nothing to knock my high-level athletes, but it's much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. It's much more, you're helping somebody live their life, not achieve a huge goal. And it is definitely something that I feel like I'm constantly doing research and education and figuring things out and what works best for another person because it's a lot of trial and error because people come in with medical problems And you kind of have to figure out the root cause and how to best help them because they have somebody with arthritis in their hip that that's not going away. They need to continue to move. But how do I get that without aggravating them? So they spend the next four days in a bed. Right. And so it's it's much more about an openness in the relationship between me and my client, because they have to be able to say like, this hurts. I can't do that. I felt this. And so I'm constantly saying, if I try something new, I'll say, I need you to text me immediately if you feel anything tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. that way I know to go back and revise what we did, that it was too much or, you know, and so a lot of times if I don't hear a text from them, I know everything was good. (laughs) So, um, So I feel like it definitely is more, interaction and communication and a lot of just decoding and figuring things out. Does that make sense? And then also understanding what does it mean to have high blood pressure? What does Mm -hmm. it mean Mm -hmm. to, you know, watch a heart rate? They're coming out from a cardiac condition and you have to be really, really careful of their heart rate, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. So it's, it's challenging, but the reward is so much Worth it. Agree. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like the best feeling in the world when you figure things out.
0: And that's what I mean by not being able to refer patients to you anymore or members to you anymore. You know, because as a as an administrator or as a salesperson for membership at a club, you know, the journey that I see is I'm able to see somebody walk in the door that needs help. That's obviously needs help for whatever reason. Whether it's just, you know, they're just obese or they have um, very very serious medical conditions. And for us as a team to see them come in day one, remember what they need and see that and then watch their journey together and, and, and see what we were able to do as a team for them. You know, um, granted the trainer does most of the work. Um, but I still like to think I'm a part of it. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, that's just very, like you said, it's, it's very rewarding. And that and happens so much in medical fitness from on a day to day basis. Um, uh, cause we all see it definitely. Um, Can you give me uh, or give us an example of um, or tell us a story about one of your clients journeys with you um, that uh, is particularly um, close to your thoughts?
1: I honestly, that's the hardest question for me, because I have really a million. Like like everybody. It's just it's been. So like I said, I've been very blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel blessed to be a part of everyone's journeys Mm -hmm. because everybody has made like I have so many that have made so much progress um, that just being on that journey with them, because I always tell my clients, it's your journey. You're driving your bus. Mm -hmm. I'm a passenger on your bus. Sometimes I have to help take the steering wheel. Um, Like when you don't show up for a week and you're going to hear from me consistently, or you're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, but it's your journey. You have Mm -hmm. to choose to get behind the wheel of your bus every day. I can't choose that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the easiest one for me to talk about is Ricky. Um, Ricky is definitely one of our higher profile, uh, clients here. He came in and I remember he was a clinical referral and he Mm -hmm. was one of my first clinical referrals. And when he came in, Aaron literally put a stack of papers down on my desk and said, good luck. You're going to think this guy is like 60 or 70 years old and he's 30. But when he came Mm -hmm. in the door, um, was looking at kidney failure uh, they wanted to put him on dialysis. He refused dialysis. He's 33 years old at that time. Right. So he refused dialysis. He was creeping close to 300 pounds. Um, he, well, no, he was over 300 pounds. He also had heart conditions, so he had a defibrillator internal, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And the doctors didn't know what else to do for him. Basically, they told he couldn't work. They were in jeopardy of losing their home because he couldn't work. Um, And they told him with his next disability money, he should just probably buy his grave marker, which is a little bit hard to hear from a doctor. But I think it's something he needed to hear. Mm -hmm. So it has been a long journey with him. He actually didn't follow rules when we first started and found himself in the emergency room a couple of times. But um, I stayed by him. And scolded him when he needed it, but <laughs> for the most part was just very, very supportive and told him we've got this, we've got this. Mm-hmm. And so we set goals. And if I fast forward, so I've been with Ricky for over a year now. And he is now 140 pounds down <laughs> weight, um, probably creeping on 145. With his kidney failure, his favorite modality of working out is lifting, and he likes mm-hmm. to lift heavy. Mm-hmm. And they told him with kidneys that he needs to do cardio and not lift. Well, we figured that out because he can't have high protein, but he can have plant-based proteins. Right. So we've kind of figured out his diet um, because I'm a strict vegetarian, so it made it a little bit easier. <laughs> um, and he now is probably, we can put him in the 1,000-pound club, which is bench press, back squat, and um, deadlift. Right. So he deadlifts about four. He's getting close to 400 pounds. He, his bench press is still his weakest. So that's probably sitting about 250 and his back squat is probably sitting right around 300. Right. So just watching his journey has been amazing. Um, he also is in full remission with his kidney, but they're still going to do a transplant. He's gone through all the procedures. He is just now waiting for a kidney. Everything is lined up for him to go to Ochsner in New Orleans. He's been mm-hmm. there. He goes monthly. They check in. They have him talk about his journey. Do they? Okay. Yep. They have him do a lot of talking about his yeah. journey um, because he went from a year ago they refuse to give him a new kidney to their he's basically next on the list. Okay. And he's continuing to lose weight and to get fitter every day. We no longer have cardiac problems. He looks he looks like a whole new person. And mm-hmm. even in our relationship, he's a whole new person. And he strives a lot to the health plex, saying that the health plex saved his life. And I remind him, you saved your life. You just made the health plex part of your journey. Right. But you say you had to do the work to you save yep. your life. Absolutely. So he is probably for me one of my most rewarding, although he was one hundred percent all feet in. So mm-hmm. it made my driving every now and then of his bus a little bit easier. Right. I just kinda had just to do the emotional support. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So um so he's probably my predominant mm-hmm. like you talk about the most massive change. He's he's been by far. I mean, he's right. lost an entire person of weight. Wow. And just got healthy. Wow. So
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. That's kind of what the the gist of this podcast was going to be and that's just basically we talk we talk a lot about uh, policies and procedures and you know, administrative type things and metrics and KPIs and things like that on our podcast. Which are all very important, but Really, the whole soul of medical fitness is is your is your story there, and and why we all come to work every day is to is to is to be able to achieve things like that. And and to me, when we talk about everything medical wellness, that's the most important thing, and that's the the the, the root of of everybody's day in and day out here. So thanks for sharing. I appreciate your time today. See, that Absolutely, wasn't that bad. I told you it, it wasn't that bad. bad. <laughs> Not at all. So you can carry on. And uh, let me just tell you, folks, it was very difficult to get time with Lisa to do this because she's so busy and everybody wants peace. So yeah. So, happy holidays to everybody. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time on the podcast, Everything Medical Wellness.
1: Thanks for listening to the Everything Medical Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thank you.